Today's food for the journey will be a classic reflection of today's readings. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to Food for the Journey. I hope that you had a very good Christmas. And if not, draw close to the Lord and ask Him, Lord, will you help me? Help me to draw closer to you. He wants to be very near to you. So we take a first reading from the first book of Kings, chapter 8, verses 1 to 7, and then 9 to 13. So there's a gap there, 1 to 7, and then 9 to 13. The elders of Israel and all the leaders of the tribes, the princes in the ancestral houses of the children of Israel, came to King Solomon in Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from the city of David, which is Zion. All the people of Israel assembled before King Solomon during the festival in the month of Athenim, that is the seventh month, when all the elders of Israel had arrived. The priests took up the ark. They carried the ark of the Lord in the meeting tent with all the sacred vessels that were in the tent. The priests and Levites carried them. King Solomon and the entire community of Israel, present for the occasion, sacrificed before the ark sheep and oxen, too many to number or count. The priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place beneath the wings of the cherubim in the sanctuary the holy of holies of the temple. The cherubim had their wings spread out over the place of the ark, sheltering the ark and its poles from above. There was nothing in the ark but the two stone tablets which Moses had put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel at their departure from the land of Egypt. When the priests left the holy place. The cloud filled the temple of the Lord so that the priest could no longer minister because of the cloud, since the Lord's glory had filled the temple of the Lord. Then Solomon said, The Lord intends to dwell in the dark cloud. I have truly built you a princely house, a dwelling where you may abide forever. Do you look at the church where you're the you're a member of that particular church? Do you see that as your home? The home where you can talk to God all you want. You certainly can talk to him in all kinds of ways, but certainly when you're in the quiet of the church, do you take time to talk to God? Brothers and sisters, I really encourage you to do that. Even before you read anything or pray the rosary or whatever, just say, Lord, here I am. I love you. Help me. God hears that kind of a prayer. It's real. And Psalm 132 tells us, Lord, 
go up to the place of your rest. Behold, we heard of it in the Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of Jar. Let us enter into his dwelling. Let us worship at his footstool. Advance, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your majesty. May your priests be clothed with justice. Let your faithful ones shout merrily for joy. For the sake of David, your servant, reject not the plea of your anointed. And it tells us in the verse before the, um, the Alleluia verse before the gospel, it tells us Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. When you really draw close to God, now God is going to deal with your heart and your mind, everything. He has his priorities. But just tell the Lord what you need. Ask him for help. I just say it directly to him, Lord, please, please will you help me in this situation? I need wisdom or I need hope or I need courage. I always turn to the Lord. Do you? Turn to him first. Then ask the advice of others if you want to. That's good too. But put the Lord in the first place where he belongs. You'll be amazed. Might only be once in your lifetime, but you'll be amazed when the Lord tells you exactly something to do in a serious situation. And it works. Trust him. Trust him with all your heart. The verse before the gospel tells us Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. Do you look for wisdom when you come to church? Do you seek to be cured? Ask God. Certainly go to the doctor. Certainly go to where you need to. But ask God first. Lord, will you help me? God has so much for us, brothers and sisters. And we ask so little sometimes of him, especially when everything's going okay in this world. How often do we turn to the Lord? I turn to the Lord in thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful day. Thank you, Lord, for good wisdom. Thank you for help. Thank you for courage. Thank you, Lord. Take time. Whenever it happens to you, take time to thank him. Because it always begins with him. And then we take a look at the book of Mark. Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. Only three verses, but they're important. Verses 53 to 56. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch 
only the tassel on his cloak, and as many as touched it were healed. Can you imagine that when you're walking, when you're shopping, do you ever think that the Lord is with you? He is. I don't mean that he's going to reveal himself, but he's there with you. You can turn to him at any time. Give him the honor that belongs to him. Give him the love that belongs to him. Ask him what to do, and when you sense something, do it. God will help us if we genuinely, sincerely seek him, ask forgiveness of our sins, and then wait upon his care for us. God wants us to know how much he's with us. And no, I'm not saying that he will appear before us. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that whatever circumstances that you are in that are difficult, ask him for help. You will not walk alone. You will not walk alone. When you ask Jesus for help, he's there. Just say, Lord, sometimes I don't. For example, sometimes I don't know what to say to somebody. And I just say in my heart, Lord, please give me wisdom. Give me help. And if nothing, then I just say whatever I can say. But oftentimes, the Lord, just a thought comes into my mind. That's the way it works. A thought comes into my mind that I think will help that person. And I say it. But that means mass as often as you can get to it, reading the scripture every day, relying on the Lord. Take wisdom from other people, yes, but start with God. So many times, brothers and sisters, we say, oh, God didn't do anything for me. Well, what did you do for God? What have you done for God? So just make a little examination of conscience and ask God to help you. To all of you, and this is from St. Paul the Sixth, to all of you who are visited by suffering under a thousand forms, the Second Vatican Council has a very special message. It feels on itself your pleading eyes burning with fever or hollow with fatigue, questioning eyes which search in vain for the why of human suffering and which it anxiously when and whence will come relief. We feel echoing deeply within our hearts as fathers and pastors your laments and your complaints. Our suffering is increased at the thought that is not within our power to bring you bodily help, nor the blessing we feel echoing deeply within our hearts as fathers and pastors, your laments and your complaints. Our suffering is increased at the thought that the lessening, that it is not within our power to bring you bodily help, nor the lessening of your physical sufferings. 
which physicians, nurses, and all those dedicated to the service of the sick are endeavoring to relieve as best they can. But if we have something deeper and more valuable to give you, the only truth capable of answering the mystery of suffering and bringing you relief without illusion, and that is faith and union with the man of sorrows, with Christ the Son of God, nailed to the cross for our sins and for our salvation. Christ did not do away with suffering. He did not even wish to unveil to us entirely the mystery of suffering. He took suffering upon himself. And this is enough to make you understand all its value. All of you who feel heavily the weight of the cross, you who are poor and abandoned, you who weep, you who are persecuted for justice, you who are ignored, you the unknown victims of suffering, take courage. Listen to that again, brothers and sisters. Take courage. You are the preferred children of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of hope, happiness, and life. You are the brothers and sisters of the suffering Christ, and with him, if you wish, you participate in saving the world. Think of that, brothers and sisters. Ponder that in your heart. That's from St. Paul. God bless you. Mercy is at the heart and the center of God's love for us. To help you encounter God's mercy, I want to offer you a free copy of my booklet, Captured by Mercy. To request your copy, call 1-800-282-4789 or go to our website renewalministries.net slash ffj